alien spacecraft did not crash in Roswell, New Mexico in 1947. You know flat earthers, I guarantee it. But you don't know who they are because they're afraid of talking about it. Welcome to the first ever Subliminal Deception Podcast, a weekly conspiracy theory podcast where we try to uh, get to the bottom of some uh, sneaky shit that's going on in the world. My name is Cody. I'm here with my co-host, Phil. How are you, buddy? Doing great, Cody. How's your day? <laughs> uh, it could have been better. You know, work sucks, but uh, I think that everybody says, I think everybody's like, yeah, work fucking sucks, dude. You know what I was thinking, Phil? This this kind of has perplexed me. So we're talking about conspiracy theories and a lot of people claim, you know, Alex Jones, Jesse Ventura, those types, that when you start messing with conspiracies, then you start getting bothered by government agencies and stuff. You've heard this before, right? Of course I've heard it. Everyone's heard that. (laughs) So imagine if you're sitting at home and you get a knock on the door and it's... uh, And I was thinking, okay, it's the men in black there, right? Now, if it's just one of them, is it still a men in black or is it man in black? You know, if it's just one of them, I'd be a little bit worried it's a Jehovah's Witness or a Bible (laughs) salesman. But if it's two of them, now normally with men in black, uh, it's more than just men in black. They've got no eyebrows. They got weird pointy faces, Mm. that kind of stuff. Well, I've always heard, like, you look at their lips, and they don't have lips. They just have, like, lipstick over it. <laughs> <laughs> just just tattooed lips on? Yeah. <laughs> God, that'd be awesome. I can't wait till we cover those. I find Men in Black so fucking interesting. That shit is so cool. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's so many crazy stories out there. I mean, basically, every single UFO story you hear coincides with some men in black story but <laughs> the craziest thing is when you get them on uh security footage too all right and they right. they look so out of place it's funny that they haven't realized that you can't go around walking like a gentleman from the 1920s and not stick out in a crowd <laughs> <laughs> driving a 1950s yeah. rambler <laughs> how did you even how did you even get that dude like come on yeah. anyway but <laughs> we're not talking about aliens today well maybe we might be a little bit we're talking about what is hidden in the Vatican vaults. Now, the Vatican holds a special place in both mine and Phil's heart, being that we that, is true. that we grew up uh, going to Catholic school, and we didn't learn about dinosaurs until God knows when. I'm, I'm, in my mind, I'm still trying to remember if we learned about dinosaurs or not. I think that we did. Uh fourth grade mrs beck i remember one of the books the science books that we had had dinosaurs on the cover <laughs> that'd be sweet like, if it if, if like the dinosaur chapters they just started like blacking out all the pages in there <laughs> no i'm not actually sure the that cover might have had like a neanderthal riding on the back of that dinosaur <laughs> like fred flintstone style but there was a dinosaur on that cover okay so. Oh, man. There definitely wasn't evolution on that cover. But <laughs> no, no, certainly not. Certainly not the Satan science. All right, so let's uh, let's start here with a little quick history lesson about where the Vatican came from. All right, 
When Rome was beginning to fall, Emperor Nero would execute St. Peter and many of his Christian acolytes in 64 AD and were buried where Vatican Hill is now located. Now, I looked up St. Peter. Are you familiar with him? Uh, I am. The first pope. Is that yes. the correct? Correct. St. Peter? Correct. Yes. So he, he I, when I was looking him up, he was like, he's the saint of like fishing or something. And he, it was pretty funny because apparently him and his bro were out fishing, right? And they weren't catching nothing. Well, here comes Jesus in there and he's like, hey, you got to fish deeper over there and then it'll be filled with fish. So they did that and then if they're loaded with fish and then they're instant believers. Okay. So apparently Jesus probably just knew the best fishing spots in that particular river or lake they were fishing. And that's what I'm going to assume. What do you think? I don't know. It is possible. Maybe he spent that whole, like between the age of 12 to 33, just finding the best fishing spots so that one day he could, you know, well, the best be like, oh, it's, it's not me. It's God. That's <laughs> the big man upstairs. He knows where the best fishing spots are. That, so that's he what, tells me. That's my goal for the summer is to walk upon fishermen in Minnesota who are struggling to catch fish. And I'm going to say, God told me you should go fish over there, buddy. All right. But, uh, and all they catch is snapping turtles. <laughs> no, but uh, so anyway, along with St. Peter, he did that. He became a follower. Now, the funny thing was once Jesus got crucified and the Romans were asking him about him, then he denied knowing Jesus. And then when Jesus came back from the grave, then he became a follower again, right? Now, yep. the way he got killed is pretty fucking metal. They crucified him upside down. Hmm. Sounds like the cover of a fucking metal album. Actually. I'm just gonna say, isn't the upside down cross like a satanic thing? Pretty, Pretty metal sure. there. <laughs> they just had a fucking metal concert blaring while they're crucifying him upside down. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, they buried him there. Okay. So once he was buried there, the country would begin to embrace Christianity. Emperor Constantine the first began constructing a basilica over Saint Peter's grave site, which would become a place. For Christians to pilgrim pilgrimage to, okay, to make their pilgrimage. Correct. I can't speak today, apparently. <laughs> so, the basilica was attacked by Sarsian pirates in 1846. So Pope Leo IV began constructing walls around their holy palace. The walls would be completed in 1852. It should be pretty obvious. This is A.D. Mm -hmm. The end result was a 39-foot wall that enclosed Leonin City. With this would complete uh, the ter Vatican territory, okay? Now, construction of the wall would continue until Pope Urban VIII reigned in 1640. So they continuously kept expanding the walls out and out and out and out. They wanted to keep all the bad guys out, all right? Mm-hmm. So are those the same walls that we see today? Yeah. They would constantly, like, they built the walls, expanded them out, and then they would reinforce the previously built walls to constantly keep people out of there. Now, this thing I found super interesting was, let's jump up to when Mussolini was in power, right? Now, he, right. he, a lot, he didn't want to fuck with the Vatican. So what he did was he allowed them to become their own country. And that's why they are technically their own country now. Vatican City is technically its own country. Now, what I thought's really weird is the Pope is actually the king of Vatican City as well. Did you know that? I did not know that. 
So it's like a dual, a dual role. Like he's a pope slash king, and I think if I remember correctly, Vatican City is one of only six true monarchies that exist in the world today. So, so you're saying true monarchy, like the Queen of England, isn't a true monarchy? No, no. she gives up power, right? And that is why the Vatican cannot join the European Union because they are not a democracy. Okay. So, so with the would the so I've heard some. This is might be part of your conspiracy theories. I've heard that the Vatican Bank is one of the most powerful banks in the world. Would that make him also the leader of that bank? Do you suppose? Uh as far as I've heard, we're going to go into the Vatican Bank later in the episode. But um, as far as I can tell, he like whatever he says, that is what happens. He can strip. Really? People, yeah, he can strip people's citizenships. He can do whatever he can just what he says people do obviously the population there's like nominal you know what i mean it's all fucking bishops and cardinals and all that horse shit but yeah he yeah. Uh, i didn't know that i thought it was just like the pope but apparently the pope is technically the king of vatican city as well which is kind of cool yeah i didn't know that that's, that's actually really interesting <laughs> and it tells you a lot about like the power it's amazing well the weird thing is i would have thought that the Vatican became its own country much earlier. Like I didn't realize it was just pre-World War II. Mm -hmm. Apparently Mussolini, <laughs> what they had been doing is they'd been pretending that they're not actually a part of Italy. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Until yeah. Mussolini's like, fine guys, just have your own country. Just fucking do your own shit. Leave me alone. Because I think in Mussolini's mind that if he did that, if him and Hitler, you know, did whatever they wanted to do in the end, then the Vatican wouldn't be in the way of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, well, from all most of the history that I've read about uh, the Catholic stance during um, World War II, it was kind of uh, everything that they did was um, behind closed doors. Mm. They didn't do anything directly well, to oppose Hitler or Mussolini. Don't get too far ahead. We're going into that once we dig into the vaults too, Phil. So save those thoughts for then, all right? All right. Actually, something interesting, you were talking about putting up the walls to protect the um, the palace, the Pope's uh, palace. Pope Boniface VIII took a really hard stance um, on uh, non-church authority in Europe, and he made a lot of enemies, uh, one of which was Philip IV of France. Oh, and yeah. he ended up uh, getting basically what's now the Vatican. He ended up getting that invaded by the French um, in order to take out Pope Boniface VIII. Actually, and uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Now, oh, it. Well, I mean, Pope Boniface VIII. He reigned for less than a decade, but some of the things that he did were very far-reaching, and especially against uh, the French, no, uh, I his enemies. Basically, anyone who opposed Pope Boniface was made a heretic. Hmm. So Interesting. Yeah. Actually, it's funny you bring up um, King Philip of France because one of the actual known documents that came out of the vaults was, I don't know if it's the same one, I'm assuming there's a line of King Philip's, but uh, it was the trial of the Knights Templar, and he set them up to try to get tried by the Vatican, and they actually have the documents of the trial and everything because uh king philip of france was trying to say that the templars were all heretics and that basically the vatican should uh kill them 
Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so, yeah, he tried to write, their charges were uh, pissing on the crucifix, I think was one of them. <laughs> it was just stupid shit like that. But they actually well, did exonerate him anyway, so. It was probably a lot for, like, propaganda purposes. Oh, yeah. I would imagine. Oh, yeah. Like. Oh, yeah. But the, the Vatican actually cleared him, surprisingly. Anyway, mm-hmm. let's uh let's learn about these uh, mysterious vaults, shall we? So, All right, let's get started. So Pope Paul V would begin construction of the secret archives in 1612 that would later be referred to as the, pardon my Latin here, Archivum Secretum Vactianum. <laughs> the use of the word secret in the title Vatican Secret Archives does not denote the modern meaning of confidentiality. A fuller and perhaps better translation of the Latin word may be the private Vatican apostolic archives. Its meaning is closer to the word of private, indicating that the archives are the Pope's personal property. Okay, so they're not necessarily saying it's some super secret vault. It's just the Pope's vault, right? Mm Mm-hmm. In 1791, France would capture part of the Papal States within their borders, and in 1798, Napoleon's forces invaded the city of Rome and captured the Vatican. While the French dominated Rome until 1814, the Vatican's archives were moved to France itself until finally being returned in 1817. So they actually unloaded the entire vault just to move it to France, then finally gave it back to them. Just kind of neat. You kind of wonder how much shit could have got lost along the way. You know what I'm saying? That is interesting. Yeah, like especially you hear about um, any time like an empire takes over a country, they always raid all of the museums, <laughs> all of the palaces. Like just hearing about like King Solomon's temple oh. and all of the riches that were taken out of there. Probably a thousand years worth of artifacts, you know, plundered mm-hmm. out of there. Dude, King Solomon is. His story is fucking awesome. Like he he has a little ring to control demons with and <laughs> he can talk to fucking animals with it and he has like a thousand wives. It's just Jesus Christ. Anyway, it was not until 1881 that Pope Leo VIII allowed researchers to view some of the archive's contents. However, it was no simple matter for one to view the documents and the procedure has not changed much over the last 200 years. First of all, journalists, students, and amateur historians are not given access. Once an interested party has proven that he or she is serious enough of a scholar, credentials are granted that must be renewed every six months. To enter the archives, scholars enter through the Porta Santa Ana, pass Swiss guards, walk through the Cortil del Belvedere, and present credentials. Jesus Christ. Once admit- So you must- Oh, I was going to say, so you must really want to study these archives. Mm-hmm. And as- Let me finish here. You're going to see it's fucking- <laughs> That's not the end of the line there. Once admitted, scholars must request which specific documents they wish to review. They are only allowed to request three per day. Keep in mind, you have to know the exact name of the document that you want to look at, but you can't look at them beforehand. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's like a fucking catch-22. Like, how are you supposed to know what's in there if you can't look at it? It makes no sense. That is a pretty good safeguard. (laughs) In order to find out what's in the vault, you have to already know what's in the vault. Right. So, instead of being able to browse the contents of the archive, they must select 
articles from catalogs in which items are handwritten in Italian or Latin. These catalogs are quite imposing considering that the archives contain 50 miles of shelving and documents dating back to the 8th century. If in just a few minutes they realize that what they're seeking isn't in the requested folders, they're forced to pack up for the day. A challenge for scholars on a deadline or those who have traveled long distances. Computers are allowed, but not photography, so scholars spend most of their sessions in rooms typing up the notes of what they were allowed to see, basically. So we, I'm going to go through a few documents that have actually been uh, dug up out of the vaults. <clears throat> like we said before, the, the 197 foot long scroll containing the minutes of the trial of the Knights Templar, which lasted for several years starting in 1307. Like we said, King Philip and all that, he was trying to get them wiped out because they, they were really powerful back then. The Intercartia... The papal bull issued by Pope Alexander VI in 1493 that split the world between the Spanish and the Portuguese. Are you familiar with this at all? Yes, I am. Yeah. Uh, the creation of Brazil, basically. Yeah. Well, they they once you look at the map, they really fucked over the Spanish. <laughs> it was like actually. Oh, I was gonna say actually, if you consider all of the uh, Pacific Ocean territory, they actually made out pretty well. They got. Uh, all of the Philippines, Guam, they got a lot of territory out there. Yeah, I suppose. Apparently that it, thing was still around for quite a long time. Like the the borders were still around uh, within the last hundred years, I think. Yeah, basically they, um, they thought that South America was a lot smaller than it really was. Right. So at first, Portugal was only given a small chunk of uh, northeast South America. And then they had to expand it once cartographers went through. Hmm. Now, some of this I'm not extremely familiar with what it actually means. Like a letter from Michelangelo to Pope Julius II. We're not really sure what that says. The 1521 papal bull of Pope Leo X excommunicating Martin Luther. Any idea who that is? Martin Luther uh, actually started what's known as the Reformation. Uh, he was a German professor and he had a lot of uh, disagreements with the church, especially indulgences, which is basically, say you committed sins and you were a poor person. If you died, you would have to basically wait in purgatory for a certain mm -hmm. amount of time, depending on the sins that you committed. But if you were a rich person, you could pay off your sins in what is called indulgences <laughs> and fast track yourself into heaven. So basically, there was no waiting room time for you if you paid the Pope. And he was uh, he was really big against that. Wow. So, okay, so that makes sense why they excommunicated him. <laughs> yeah, because he was cutting into their cheddar. So. Ah, isn't it funny how money gets you basically whatever you want? <laughs> oh, yeah. And it is very funny how supposedly a very religious, you know, not supposed to... They didn't pay taxes because they were supposed to be non-profit, but... They all collected money and, yeah, very, very much about the money. All right, now the next one. The 1530 petition Henry VIII sent to Pope Clement VII in order to request an annulment of the king's marriage to Catherine of Aragon. Are you familiar with this? Yes, I am. Uh, so basically, Henry wanted to divorce his wife, mm -hmm. um, and they wouldn't allow him to. So he ended up 
splitting from the Catholic Church the entire country or kingdom mm-hmm. of England. And he started his own church, which is known as the Anglican Church, Anglican church which mm. is still around today. Yeah, I, uh, I I just looked up this too, so I'm familiar with this. He, I think he thought he could like threaten the Vatican with war, you know, if he didn't do it. <laughs> but he's just like, ah, fuck you guys then. Anyway, I think you're going to know this next one. A letter to Pope, Pope Sixtus V from Mary, Queen of Scots, begging the church to intervene shortly before her execution. You know her, don't you, Phil? Yeah, uh, actually... She's actually pretty big right now in uh, pop culture. There's been a, a really good TV show about her and her. They were called the Four Marys. And hmm. there's also been a, a movie that just came out about her. I seen um, that. seen that. It, yeah, basically, she um, became Queen of Scotland when she was uh, an infant and was sent off to France in order to protect her from the English or hmm. the Scots who were trying to take power. Um, her whole life was basically spent, everyone was trying to control her, abduct her, basically. And uh, Elizabeth ended up, Queen Elizabeth ended up having her executed. Okay. Uh, when she was done with her, basically. <clears throat> okay, so her only reason for killing her was essentially she didn't want her around anymore. Yeah, but it turned out that her son uh, actually became uh, King of Scotland and King of England. Hmm. So he became a very powerful king. Yeah, so. so it all worked out in the end for her <laughs> line, but That's... not her. Okay, so this next one I think is really fucking cool. Notes relating to the 1633 trial against Galileo. Now, <laughs> do you know why he was on trial, Phil? <laughs> Pretty sure it had something to do with, uh, wasn't he a flatter sh- or a rounder shill? Was, uh, was he the first ever rounder he shill? Was, he was pushing the extreme agenda that... The sun or the Earth revol- revolved around the sun, and uh, that was heresy, boy. You don't be saying that. <laughs> that was uh oh, I thought that was Copernicus. No, that was him. Oh, okay. He well, was he was yeah, basically heli- heliocentric view. He yeah, and uh, this is insane. They didn't pardon him. They didn't kill him. They he was like on house arrest or something for the rest of his life. But he, they didn't pardon him until 1992 for that <laughs> the, like oh i guess you know what the earth does revolve around the sun jeez what is going on over here all right yeah. a letter to pope innocent the 10th from grand empress duwanger helena wang of china now uh this one is basically they wanted it the, the christians wanted to infiltrate china and she became one of the first christian empresses i believe what year was this i don't have the year oh okay. the pope just sent her a letter and he basically was able to convert her, more or less. It was a long ass time ago. I know that. All right, the next one: a letter, a letter from Pope Clement the Twelfth to the Seventh Dalai Lama, requesting protection for missionaries in Tibet. <laughs> basically, he was just trying to send his missionaries there to convert them to Catholicism. It's essentially <laughs> what he's doing. But uh, the Dalai Lama and the other monks, they weren't having it, so they kicked him out. The This last one is one that all Americans should know. Uh, letters from both Abraham Lincoln and Jefferson Davis in efforts to have Pope Pius IX come down in favor of the Union or the Confederacy. Are you familiar with this? Uh, a little bit. I know that both the Union and the Confederacy were looking for uh, 
European countries to recognize them, especially, well, the union obviously was already recognized, but the problem is after uh, a civil war, I know that England was actually on the side of the Confederacy. Really? um, But they ended up, so where Egyptian cotton comes from, the English actually gave up on the Confederacy and they started an entire cotton operation in (laughs) Egypt in order to pull out of uh, the American South, which is where egyptian cotton comes from wow interesting well i do know that the pope uh chose to stand neutral during that so anyway so we're done with all the wordy shit now we're gonna get into the fucking conspiracies we're gonna get into the cool shit the shit everybody's been waiting to hear all right so we're gonna we're coming out of the rock we're coming out hot here right we're gonna start off the banger now this one may be one of my favorites conspiracy theorists claim in the Vatican vaults, it contains the world's largest collection of pornography. <laughs> really? <laughs> they claim any, any porn you want, it's down there. Um, I think this, what they're kind of hinting at is not like they have every single one of Vivid videos down there. It's like <laughs> they have a lot of like nude paintings and stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, Any anything that was considered... Yeah. Uh, Apparently they didn't Vulgar. just. Apparently they didn't didn't just destroy the paintings if they had like a naked woman on them or anything, but uh, a lot of people think they have a lot of porn down there now. With a temple full of celibate men, I'm sure there's porn in there somewhere, but uh, I don't know. Maybe the Pope does have the world's largest porn collection. I, it's hard to say. Well, but, the thing is, too, I imagine that those paintings had value. Mm-hmm. So oh, yeah, I mean, oh, they're not yeah. just going to destroy something worth money. No, absolutely not. Now the now Copenhagen's Museum Erotica. When you take tours of this place, they actually tell people that the Vatican has the world's largest porn collection without having any proof at all. They just tell people who come to their museum that that's that's where all the best porn in the world is. <laughs> like the porn hub of the ancient yeah. world. Yeah, <laughs> eight eighth century porn hub right in there. Okay, now this next one's a little confusing. Have you ever heard of the Essenes? No, I have not. Okay, so basically, in a nutshell, what they were is you could kind of consider them one of the earliest cults, right? So basically, they were a group that broke off from Jerusalem in, I think it was like uh, 200 to 100 uh, BC, okay? So they broke off and they wanted to live a life separate from how Jerusalem was being ran at the time. Now, essentially how they wanted to live was, you know, they want to live in poverty, if that makes sense. No materialistic goods um, and stuff like oh. that. Now the, the life of piety. Right. Now, remember the Dead Sea Scrolls? Yes. They believe that the Essenes are the ones who created those. And that they are the ones who, uh, because apparently in the Dead Sea Scrolls, they speak of the Essenes. And some believe they actually writ- wrote the uh, Old Testament as well. Now, the thing why this is important is because they believe there is proof that Jesus himself was actually an Essene. In the Dead Sea Scrolls, they believe that. No, in the Vatican proof. vault, they have a book, like a secret book saying from the Essenes saying that Jesus was an Essene. And there's this, it's really stupid, this one guy, it was, uh, 
let's see, I think it was in like 1950, somewhere in there. He was a cardinal there. Now, he claims he found this book in the vault, right? And it mm-hmm. said that every person on earth should uh, become a vegetarian and that Jesus was a vegetarian as well. <laughs> this is no joke. Uh, Sounds like he's pushing his own agenda. You are bit, you yeah. are right, because he was a avid vegetarian. So basically, it's just kind of a they might be hiding the fact that this group existed and that Jesus might not have followed the way that the Catholics want him to be, you know, looked upon or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't really at first thought about that. I don't really believe that very much, because if the if the Vatican had actual proof that Jesus existed at all. I feel like they would be pushing that pretty hard. See, because oh, there's not a lot of real proof that Jesus existed. Right. Now, the thing we're going to see once we go through these, if we're to believe any of these are real, right? A lot of the things that supposedly they're hiding is the fact that uh, truths about Jesus that could basically, could basically make their church crumble. You know what I'm saying? Interesting. That's a lot of where the theories come from that we'll get into them in a little bit here, but basically they want to per, they want to protect the Catholic Church. They don't want anything to affect how it's being ran and obviously how much money they make off of it and whatnot. Oh yeah, especially that last part. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now the this next one's a little weird. I don't know if you've ever heard of it. The three the third secret of Fatima. Are you familiar with this at all? I am not. Okay. Not familiar with that. It's kind of cool, actually. In July 13th, 1917, three Portuguese children received visions from Virgin Mary about signs of the upcoming apocalypse. Now, the first two visions have been revealed. The first vision is the young girl received, basically, the Virgin Mary showed her what hell was like. She's seen fire everywhere. She's seen demons, all the evilies in the world, right? That's what she claims. Now, the second vision, <laughs> they revealed at the end of World War One. Now, what it's saying is basically that if communist Russia didn't stop offending God, then Russia would be consecrated by the Immaculate Heart of the Virgin Mary. Because obviously communism, they want everybody to be atheists, right? Well, yeah, they... Uh... Basically, they want everyone to be atheists, but they also kind of want church to be the the state to be the church. Basically, what this girl's saying is that God's mad. <laughs> oh, that, I get you. Okay. That Russia is offending him, apparently. Yeah. Okay, now, what's important about the third secret is it reveals the final step in the upcoming apocalypse. Now, the third letter was given to the Pope, but did not release it until 2000, the year 2000. The letter claimed that there would be a huge battle between good and evil. Guess who is that? Who's going to be the the champion, Phil? Was it Jesus? No, it was the Pope, of course. Oh, he was going to be he was going to be the main hero in the battle there. Now, uh, you can actually look this up online and look at it, but a lot of people believe that they have taken out any of the important stuff in it. It's like a whitewash letter. That's what a lot of people say. Well, just from listening to that, I imagine they just burned the letter and, <laughs> oh, yeah, this is, uh yeah, the big, big papa is going to be your champion in this one. So <laughs> they they <laughs> predicted that stone, that the Undertaker will, will lose at WrestleMania at some point. That was the final <laughs> step in the apocalypse. <laughs> yeah, we're all fucked. Seven years after that WrestleMania. 
It's just like, I'm like, three little kids told you they had visions and then they treat it like this. Like, come on. Um, I obviously know a lot about the famous case of the exorcism of Annalise Michelle. And of course, she was visited by the Virgin Mary, too. And they all believe that. So just kind of weird. It's yeah. like you believe kids. I don't know. Now, Everybody wants to be special. <laughs> all right. Now we got a big one that's going to get us both riled up here, Phil. Aliens. Oof. Basically, people suspect that the Vatican has known about aliens for a very long time. Um, if you were, you probably are familiar that in certain paintings, they have like crafts in the background and stuff like that. Oh yeah, I am. I'm a big, uh, well, I used to be really big into alien conspiracies. Mm. Uh, they're fun, dude. It's yeah, fun. they are very fun. Yeah. And they, a lot of people think that they could have alien artifacts hidden in the vaults too, I guess. It's anything's possible at this point, but, uh. Basically, they can't tell people that aliens exist because that would bring down their religion. Yeah, that's understandable. I mean, basically, their whole selling point is that humans are special and that we're the only ones. Right. So that's another crack in the foundation, <laughs> basically. So how much validity do you put behind them hiding aliens? What do you think, personally? Ooh. Honestly, I think uh, I don't actually think that aliens personally visited earth in okay. the time span of humans um i think there's aliens out there obviously hmm. um alien life outside of the our solar system but if there is alien life that visited earth i imagine they're probably they could have gotten their hands on it they were so powerful for the past 1600 years <laughs> that it would have went to them if it landed anywhere in the Christian world, it would have landed. It would have landed in their hands eventually, if it was, if it did exist. So, right. I think that there's a small chance that they could have some. You know what? My favorite theory that I've heard about aliens is basically they treat Earth like a dump that nobody wants to stop at. You know, it'd be like if you're driving through Pittsburgh, like nobody wants to be there. <laughs> you want to get in and out of there as fast as you can, basically. <laughs> Like West Texas. Yeah, just you just in and out the of there. Get the fuck out of there. Nobody wants to be here. <laughs> Speed limit 75 for a reason. Go. Come on. Just roll up the windows. <laughs> the alien's like, come on, honey, get out of here. I don't I don't feel safe on Earth. Get us out of here. <laughs> <laughs> now, this next one is pretty fucking metal, actually. Uh, the chronovisor. You ever heard of this thing? <laughs> I have never heard of the chronovisor. <laughs> Enlighten me. <clears throat> so, Father... Pellegrino Artinini, I'm sorry if I don't say that right, claimed to see figures throughout history, including Napoleon giving speeches, Jesus at the Last Supper, and his crucifixion. Basically what the chronovisor does is it allows, when you use it, it allows you to view any event that's happened throughout history. Basically you, you use this thing and you can be taken back to any event that's ever happened. And they really? They claim, I've never heard of this. So they claim that the Vatican's hiding them because it's too dangerous for humanity, obviously. But they, there is, I can't remember the scientist's names. There was scientists actually working on something called the Chronovisor um, that got shut down or whatever. But it's, I, it's hard to say if this thing actually exists. The father that I mentioned, he came out in the 1960s that he had 
done all that shit, went to the Last Supper and all, all that, um, when he found the Chronovisor at the Vatican. So that's his two cents. He claims it exists. I don't know. Yeah, that's just <laughs> really hard to believe. I mean, it's, uh, for obvious reasons. I mean. Okay, I'm going to ask you something. If you had the Chronovisor, you could see one time period throughout history. What would you see? Ooh, that's a good one. Uh, you know, uh, I'm a huge history buff. Right. So I would probably have to go back in time and, oh man, I would have to watch um, the Battle of Tyr, Alexander the Great. Oh. Invading, uh, the island of, uh, it's a city of Tyre. It's on an island. It's the reason why Tyre is a peninsula now. Well, it's obviously not called Tyre anymore, mm. but basically just a really interesting battle. There was a uh, a lot of new technology for the time that was put up there. But I would go w witness that. That'd be cool. So you basically want to witness a genocide, kind of. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's what it, it turned out to be. But Am I weird? And maybe I'm lame. I'd be like, I just want to go see dinosaurs. Like, I just want to go watch them and see what they acted like. Or actually confirm what they look like. I don't know. Maybe I'm weird. That'd be kind of cool. I, I just, mean, I just want to see, see if they had... I just want to see like a T-Rex eating something or something like that. I think that'd be cool. What I would be interested in is like, what did they actually look like? Did they have right. like reptilian skin? Were they right. feathered? Like, right. Did they look like Mitch McConnell? That's what I want to know if they had reptilian skin. <laughs> well, we still have turtles today. So yeah, they. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now the next couple, we're getting into more my realm here. Okay. So right. the Grand Grimoire. Now, what this is, is it's a basically demonic spell book, right? Um, they believe King Solomon wrote. Remember, we mentioned him earlier. He had the power of the demons. He could control them and all that. So that's why you, you hear Solomon uh, amongst, like, evil grimoires and shit like that, right? Now, what, I've never actually heard of grimoires. What, uh, what are grimoires? Uh, basically just spell books. Um, a lot of them are believed they'll give you spells on how to control demons or like how to do magical things like that, witchcraft and all that shit, basically. Oh, interesting. Okay. They have the, one of the more popular ones is like the Key of Solomon. And I think that one has like names of demons in it or something. But the, the Grand Grimoire, right? They claim it contains a spell to summon what they call Lucifuge Raphael. I think that's just Lucifer, basically. Um, they call him the Prime Minister of Hell. Now, did you <laughs> did you know that Hell's run by a Parliament system? <laughs> I did not. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine just a bunch of demons in a room yelling at each other, <laughs> throwing their shoes? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just like, why would they call the devil the Prime Minister of Hell? Like, what the fuck? Anyway, they they claim if you summon him. You have to give up your soul in the process. So I don't know how much you want to believe that, but uh, go oh, ahead. I was going to say it's weird because in Jewish history, like Jewish, from what I've learned, kind of, they like Satan was actually like uh, kind of like a lawyer, like a prosecuting attorney. <laughs> so he wasn't really the prime minister. He was more of uh, like God's prosecuting attorney. Mm, that's kind of cool. 1-800-CALL-SATAN. You've been injured in a local <laughs> wagon crash? 1-800-CALL-SATAN. I'll get you the money you deserve. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'd be all. I'd call 1-800-SATAN, dude, for medical help. 
Just see him as an ambulance chaser. <laughs> <laughs> he shows up in like fucking all disheveled, like his fucking ties untied, his his white shirt's all yellowed, untucked, <laughs> like with a big briefcase, like falling out with papers and shit, half eaten tuna sandwich. He just uh, he's like pulling out a neck brace and a cast to put on the victim. You got to spice up how you were injured here, sir. We need maximum money. <laughs> If you got kids, bring them to the trial and make them cry. <laughs> All right. Now, the next one has to do with uh, the devil, too. Now, Senior Exorcist fa- senior exorcist Father Gabriel Amorth. Have you seen the documentary on Netflix about him? No, I have not. Okay, so they actually have a documentary about him because he's, like, the most successful exorcist ever, basically. He claims to have given a thousand exorcisms over his life, like thousands of them. So he knows how to battle the devil, okay? Now what he says, this is what he claims, is that the devil may be in the vaults. Now it's not like the devil's down there, but the devil has corrupted the Vatican, okay? And that's why all these like pedophile charges and shit have came out is because the devil has corrupted the church from the inside. Oh, that's a nice excuse. It's very convenient. (laughs) That's what I remember you were saying. You got some stuff about church corruption. I'm like, Phil, here's the cause of it. It was, uh, it's Satan himself. He's, he's doing it. He's getting them from the inside. Yeah. It's not a, (laughs) it's not a legacy of, uh, any wrongdoing or covering (laughs) up bad shit. Nope. Satan lives in the basement and he's kicking up the floorboards on us. He's got a, he's uh, got a whole team of paralegals and legal assistants down there doing (laughs) the devil's work. (laughs) Now there, I didn't go too far into the next one. Um, some people claim that the Illuminati operate out of the Vatican's vault. (laughs) Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> you're not buying that when I'm taking it. No, that's just, uh, <laughs> one of those crazy tin hat ones. But Okay. Now let's say, let's say all the other ones we talked about, they're kind of silly, right? They're not necessarily the most believable. Now the last three I have, I saved them for last because I think these ones actually could be down there and through each one, I want your opinion after I finish. Okay. All right. Now, number one, proof that Jesus wasn't actually crucified. Now, the belief is is that Pontius Pilate was going to kill him, right? But they struck a deal and they agreed, hey, Jesus, if you just go away, then we'll pretend like we crucified you. Or when they did the crucifixion, they actually just knocked him out to feign his death. And then he'd go into hiding. And they believe they have records of this that's hidden in the Vatican to basically protect how can you say basically protect how the Catholic belief system is? Yeah, I mean, well, I'm kind of under the impression that <laughs> most things throughout history, I mean, a lot of history started out as oral history and then was written down later on. Hmm. So I think a lot of it is bullshit anyway. <laughs> but I mean, like, all of the Jesus stories are pretty fantastic. So hmm. that actually sounds kind of normal. Like, just right. the Romans, I don't know if the Romans really were, I don't think that they cared very much. So if you really look back at it, uh, they actually, if you really think about it, the Jewish kings that uh, Jesus supposedly like opposed, they would have been more um, on Jesus's side than the Jewish king's side. So I imagine that could have happened, but I would have to look into it a little bit. 
It's uh, it rem- sounds plausible. You remember this is strictly conspiracy theory, so we can basically make up anything and just kind of go along with it. But I think you brought up a good point that something from this long ago. Why would they keep it written down unless it was later written in a textbook that they have or something like that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, so with the Dead Sea Scrolls, the reason why those weren't destroyed were because it was believed that the writings were uh, from God, actually, Mm. that they were just like the Bible. So if the writings were actually important or considered to be like sacred, then they wouldn't have destroyed them at all. Right. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. a situation like that. That makes sense. Okay, now, I think this next one might be one of the ones that I, if we're to believe Jesus actually existed, then this one will really, I think, is very plausible that they are basically hiding Jesus's bloodline. Now, what that means is some claim that the original Pope and Nero, remember, uh, the Roman Empire, came up with basically the story to whitewash Jesus's history. So what they believe is Jesus actually was married was married to Mary Magdalene and they had children basically that his bloodline has been passed on and the Vatican knows this and they have records of his bloodline. Hmm. Basically the Da Vinci Code essentially and the movie Dogma. Right. Now it's <laughs> it's I don't know in my head it's like okay if you're around this time you're probably going to be fornicating, right? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, people didn't live very long back then, and uh, you only lived to be 35, maybe. So yeah. people had kids in their teenage years. Right. Uh, it would have been pretty unusual for a man back then to not be married at 33. Right. So basically, I think the theory, the conspiracy theory comes in that if people found out that Jesus was basically married and had kids, then it would kind of either take down from his magical life or it would kind of prove that how the Bible's written isn't actually what happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, I mean, the thing, if you think about it, like that could be just a chink in the armor that causes another chink and another chink and it just cascades. So that's what they could be worried about. I mean, to me, it seems like that's something they wouldn't want to tell people. That's what I feel like anyway. Well, they have been selling this story for 2,000 years. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, that's right. That's been their big pitch. <laughs> Just like a big corporation doesn't want to have to change the formula right. for their their brand, they don't want to have to change their doctrine. Right. All right. Now, when something as petty as the truth comes out. <laughs> I hate the truth. It sucks. <laughs> yeah, it's horrible for profits. <laughs> All right. Now, the last one we kind of spoke about earlier is that the Vatican actually helped out the Nazis, right? Now, mm-hmm. the belief is that there's records th- that the Vatican actually gave the Nazis money for the Holocaust because Catholics don't like Jewish people, um, or the Vatican doesn't, I guess. Now, the ironic thing is any documents in regards to basically uh, Hitler's reign, they refuse to allow anybody to look at those documents. Now, that is actually true. So they won't say what they were doing, but they claim they were neutral the entire time. So you said the the Vatican's bank, right? Um, I oh, they're the. It's one of the most powerful banks on earth. Yep. Right. Now I remember seeing a guy. He had written a book where he basically found out that they had records that the Vatican was giving um, Germany money. 
during that time. But again, that's probably just another conspiracy you can jump down as well. But uh, it's plausible, I suppose. So it's plausible. I mean, there were a lot of American businessmen and uh, companies giving money to the Nazis in the early years. There is actually a theory that Hitler had that America had so many Germans and German descent, people of German descent, that he thought that America might actually join, um, that the United States might actually join Germany instead of England. That seems like a stretch um, because in World War One, uh, they definitely were strongly opposed to the Germans. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it sounds ridiculous now when you think about it, but you have to go back and realize that the United Kingdom was actually coming off of being the most powerful empire on the world. Right. Um, those days were behind them now and they were trying to figure out like the new power balance between United States, Germany and the Soviet Union um, was really unsettled. So the chips could have landed anywhere basically. Okay, so let's get back on track a little here. So what do you do you believe that the Vatican would have helped fund Nazi Germany? Against their will, I imagine that yes they would. Uh, if they were under, if they were in fear of being invaded by the Nazis, hmm. uh, the Nazis basically had free reign in Italy. So, right. I mean, I don't really think it happened just because we would have heard about it by now. That sort of thing has a hard time being bottled up, especially right. after all of the actors in that are <laughs> dead and buried. It's right. really hard to keep that under wraps. Right. That's a good point. Well, anyway, Phil, that is basically what I have for the conspiracy theory-ish of what's in the Vatican's vaults. Um, it's all super interesting. I want to know, in closing here, your opinion, if you believe any, any of these are possible or if the Vatican vaults is just simply probably a boring place with a bunch of boring shit that uh, isn't probably as interesting as any as, as inter interesting as any of this shit. I can imagine the, that those vaults probably do have a lot of boring like minutes from meetings <laughs> that were basically meaningless over the past like you know 1400 years or however long you said 880 correct um for what for when they started collecting things in there well they opened the vaults in 1614 or 1612 oh no i meant when they started keeping records i we don't know that oh okay um yeah i would say it's probably mostly filled with boring stuff with <laughs> a few nuggets of really good information like really juicy stuff but i imagine when you said that they um that they only let you go in there for a little bit and you had to know exactly what you were looking for it kind of reminds me of whenever a government will release information they usually do what's called an info dump where they'll dump not just the like the freedom of information act they won't just dump a little bit it'll be like the entire file cabinet of thousands of pages so I'm guessing that they're just hoping that you don't find anything good because you were sifting through all the boring crap. Right. But I think that the porno thing is probably <laughs> legit. Like they've probably been keeping all of that artwork and literature. I imagine oh, there's pornographic yeah. literature down there too. So, um, so you're not saying you're not like, you're not saying like every co cover of Hustler magazine like old porn. Oh yeah, I'm talking like thousand year old. <laughs> stuff yeah. okay right. i imagine they're keeping that stuff you know what for some people that might be their kink old naked women photos from uh a thousand years ago you never know 
You know, that vintage stuff might be making a comeback. You never know. Like that 1930s stuff, the golden years. Just yeah, but uh, on the rise. <laughs> you never know. What do you think? What do you think is down in those vaults, if you had to guess? Um, I, yeah, I think I'm along with you. I, I'm guessing it's just a lot of kind of boring shit. Um, I'm sure there's some sneaky shit in there because to me, the Vatican has a lot of power and influence in the world and I feel like they shouldn't, you know what I mean? But that's just me. I don't, I doubt the devil's down there or there's some fucking big demonic spell book or any of that um but i i don't know why but for me personally the jesus's bloodline thing really rings with me i just feel like that is something that could have happened and has been changed throughout history but mm. I, who knows for sure it would be interesting to go down there i mean i imagine that they not just like paintings and scripture and scrolls i imagine that they have actual relics and mm. Like, I imagine it's probably a lot of uh, stuff taken from captured lands and, like, crowns. Crowns from former kings and right. uh, basically a lot of interesting stuff, I'd imagine. Historical. Yeah, like, stu like stuff countries where they would have taken it from would want it back. If they knew it existed. Right. Yeah, I could mm -hmm. definitely see that. I could definitely see that. See, this this whole thing came to me. I, I don't know if I even told you this was so uh, my tattoo artist last time I was there a few weeks ago, he had just gotten back from a trip from Italy. Right. And mm -hmm. we got he went to the Vatican, obviously, and all of that. And it started off with he was talking about the Colosseum. Now, I'm fascinated by the Colosseum. I think it is one of the coolest things ever. Right. But he t it all started because he told me that the Vatican owns the Colosseum. Right. And it made, really? Yeah, and it made me wonder if they are keeping the truth of what went on there or if they're kind of muddling in a little bit. That's interesting. I didn't know that they own the Coliseum, but yeah. somebody's got to own it. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, that's what uh, Travis sets his name. And then we're kind of talking about uh, the Vatican vaults, and then that's when we got into this conversation. And then I kind of was thinking, and he's kind of along with you where he thinks – down there is stuff basically that the Vatican has taken from other countries or things like that. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's in my mind, that's the most plausible. Hmm. Uh, it's not like you can just keep that shit in a museum. No. You know, and they're so secretive. It's part of their mystique also. I mean, if imagine if they were just a boring old <laughs> palace cathedral and they had nothing interesting going on there, you know, they got to have a little sizzle at that stake, so... <laughs> Just a building full of uh, child molesters. Yeah, all that's all it is. It's just a building full of pedophiles. That's you know, no one's gonna pass them. No one's gonna pass them a dollar. That's kind of like if you if you've ever heard the theory that the United States, all of the like the JFK conspiracy, nine eleven, that they're actually not at all behind those conspiracies, but they're letting people think that they are just to increase their own power. Like people think that they're part like this powerful that they could do this stuff so you wonder if the vatican's actually hmm. trying to tell people that oh you know people are like you've got the you've got the devil down there you've got all these magic spell books and they're like no no but maybe we do you know that could be that could be interesting too i, I could see it i could see it i i don't you know what i'm gonna say this now whatever your religion is we don't care 
We're not judging Catholics. We're just wondering what is being hidden in the uh, Vatican vaults, right, Phil? That's right. All right. Whether it's Satan or whether it's uh, <laughs> pedophile records, which I imagine is also down there, too. You know but. what? If Satan's law offices are down there, I'm I'm fine with it. Just open it for business, please. Just open Satan's law firm for us. <laughs> the offices of Beelzebub and Lucifer. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Cody, I think that actually kind of wraps it up for us uh, this week. I felt pretty good about that show. How do you feel? Oh, I had a lot of fun. And you know me, I love uh, telling the truth to everybody. <laughs> that is part of uh, the main <laughs> basis of this podcast is just putting the truth out there for everyone. So You're Shooting truth loads That's... all over your face. <laughs> just loads and loads of truth. <laughs> just like the Catholic Church. Well... We're going to ask you to do a couple things for us. Uh, give us an email. Uh, that is subliminaldeception at gmail.com. And uh, tell us what you thought of the show, uh, what you think might actually be down in those vaults. Uh, anything. We want to hear from you. And if anyone wants to uh, go ahead, join us on Instagram. We are Subliminal Deception Podcast. And just give us a like. Leave a comment. Uh, we're going to be posting on there probably – two or three times a week until we can pick up some steam here. So it would be great if we can hear from you. Sounds good. And the possibly the most important thing, guys, is to leave us a five-star review on iTunes. It'll really help the show out. We're just starting out. Reviews help us grow, help us get exposure. Um, spread the word to your family and friends, your cardinals, your bishops, the diocese, all those people. I want, I want all of them to be writing us hate mail for this episode. So thank you very much. Please do that, and we will see you next time. See you guys next time.